Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. and Robert. It's May 17th, and I'm joined here in the studio with my brother in the martial arts and esteemed co-host, Sifu Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how's it going over there in sunny Burbank, California? It's going amazing. We got a little rain this, this week. It was actually cold. Now, you know, there is something on Facebook that will, and I, I, I did the app, and, and that it will, Facebook will tell you events that you posted a year prior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, Saturday, it it told me a year prior, I said I was at, I posted that I was at Burbank Airport picking you up for driving test. Right, right. right. So there was one day in here, and it was was chilly for SoCal, it was in the 50s, and I had Mm -hmm. posted a year earlier that it was 114. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Big Big, big difference. I think that uh, was, was that the year where we went to the L.A. Zoo and I was like, oh, my God, it's so freaking hot. That, oh, that no, that was, that, that was in 012. That was three years ago. Oh, okay. It's always been hot every time I've come down there. <laughs> and you always come in the summer. Yeah, right? Well, it's still going to be hot. <laughs> it's still going to be hot when I get there in a few weeks. <laughs> but right it, now, it, it'll still be fun. Okay. Oh, it'll, oh, it'll be a blast. You know, I was at Frank, I was at, uh, Frank Marquez night at the museum last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, then went out to dinner. And we never go out afterwards unless there's just a bunch of us. We've only gone out twice now. Mm-hmm. And Claudia... Lopez who came out with us to the Masters last year. You know, she mm-hmm. lived by you for a long time. Not for a really long time, but for about a year. She lived in Really? Canada. No yeah. way. Huh. And she said that she, I don't know if it wasn't that she wasn't working out, didn't go out much. She left Southern California a size 6, came back a size 18. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She yeah, was telling me that well, you have to go yeah. into Seattle to get to get the uh, the the martial arts if you're not working out. I mean, that's not to say that we don't have martial arts in in the particular area that I live in. I uh, for the listeners out there, I live in a suburb um, about 20 minutes outside of Seattle. Uh, doesn't take long at all to get into Seattle proper, but it's still a suburb. And because it's a suburb, there's not much as much martial arts in this area as there would be in um, metropolitan Seattle. Um, and you know, and if you don't have a car, it's really hard to get out to Seattle because you have to transfer like two or three buses to get there, or you take the light rail. Um, but even then, it's kind of a pain. <laughs> so, right. Well, so, and the way wow. this came up was you had posted that you were having a storm there, mm-hmm. or that it was raining, and she asked me where you were. Mm-hmm. And that's how that even came up. Uh, but oh, I see. It was great. 
Uh, I talked to a couple of the inductees. I talked to uh, uh, Clark Tang, David Reed. Uh, they all plan on coming out with us on our bowling night prior to the Masters and our Chinatown Feast oh, prior cool. to the Masters. So we are going to have a blast. And of course, one of the things David asked me is, can they bring his family? Well, this is for inductees and their family. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, call your cousin out of Van Nuys. They're welcome to know. It's for the immediate family and for our inductees. And, and if Dan Hecht happens to be around, him too. Yep. He's the CEO of the Masters. Uh, right. He's staying, no. uh, he is actually staying in Burbank, and, and uh, but I think he's coming in on Friday. Oh, okay, great. Now, since we're talking about it, why don't we go ahead and tell the listeners what we're talking about when we say, quote-unquote, the Masters. So give them the rundown well, there, Sipu. This is the event of the year, Masters Hall of Fame, where we recognize excellence in the martial arts, not just the big names of Phil Wallace and Don Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Jukes, those guys. Even though they have been inducted, that's not who we're after. Uh, for example, one of your inductees, Rocky Twitchell, Backyard Dojo. Mm-hmm. That's yep. great. He's giving back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think most of my guys have at school. One, one of them, uh, David, he's real, real, you know, David Reed, he's really struggling right now, but he's giving mm-hmm. back. Uh, mm-hmm. He only has 13 students, and he has a brick-and-mortar store. I really feel sorry for him. Wow. You know, I mean, can you imagine trying to survive on 13 students in a brick-and-mortar place? It's tough, unless your rent is 500 bucks a month. And that's what I started with when I finally went commercial. I only had like 15 students when I first opened my first dojo, and it was like in a tiny 1,000-square-foot uh, place. But it had beautiful hardwood floors, and I was still teaching karate, so I figured I'll take it. And it was only $500, and, and it made it. Um, but, you know, it, it you know he'll get back up there. He'll get back up there. When people find out who he is and what he has to offer and the word of mouth gets around, He'll he'll grow. So I'll, I'll, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, absolutely. Yeah. It's just really tough up front. Uh, but so we're going to have a blast. Uh, the Masters is going to be another sellout. Six years straight, selling out. Mm-hmm. We've got three hundred. We're having the name tents done this year for for the place place cards. You and I'll be probably doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just going to be a blast. We're, we've got. I, this is the first year, though, you and I have really done anything. Meaning with the you mean with the be, beforehand. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, because like in the past, you know, uh, Bob and I normally just see our uh, nominees at the awards event, and this year we wanted to do something a little bit different. We kind of wanted to not make it like, you know. I'm your ambassador and I'm giving you this trophy. It's, you know, we, when we want to recognize these people that are making such a big difference in the martial arts, we wanted to do it in an informal, Hey, let's go out and have fun type of a thing and really get to know each other and finally meet each other in person. Because, you know, all of our inductees we've known forever on Facebook. um, And now we get to meet them in person. So it'll be, it'll be a great thing. Um, It it will be. Uh, you know, the bowling came up because everybody's going to be staying really local. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and my, my son works at a local bowling alley. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that would be great. And then you hooked us up for for uh, Chinese uh, 
uh, dinner down in Chinatown, L.A., which is going to be amazing. It's about maybe a eight, nine, maybe even as far as 10-mile drive, probably not that far. And mm-hmm. Friday night, it will take us a good hour to get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, thinking about Seattle traffic, that's how L.A. is. That's, yeah, it's, that way. it's so weird. It, you know, and you know what's funny? This is kind of off the subject, but, you know, over here, <clears throat> it used to be about upwards of like, you know, 30, 20 years ago um, when people would dart in and out of traffic. You know, I'd yell, you stupid California driver. Well, everyone is a California driver now because our traffic is the same. <laughs> You know, know? and if you don't take, you know, if you don't take that, I'm going to cut in here. You're never going to get on the freeway or you're never going to be able to take your exit. Oh, come on. The most scared I've ever been in a car. I was eight years old in Seattle visiting my uncle. Mm -hmm. I have never been so scared in my life before or since I was in a Seattle cab. Well, yeah. (laughs) The cab, the cab's. Which is funny because, you know, I think only in the United States the cabs will drive fast to get you where you need to go as opposed to, like, anywhere else where they drive slow just to run the meter. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, go figure. But, yeah, it'll um, – so, yeah, anyway, Seattle drivers are now California drivers. And we, you know, we used to, you know, go, wow, thank goodness we're in Seattle and we don't have California traffic. Now we do. And we, uh, you know, we feel for all of our California brethren and sisters down there. So, yeah, you yeah. guys rock so, having that no, kind of patience. So we, well, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you understand we have patience, but no, we don't. You know how many times I've flipped the bird. Uh, right, right. No, anyway, Frank Marquez and I was great. The Masters is going to be an unbelievable weekend. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have a... a uh, I don't know if you're getting a hold of California people or not. How many people are going to come out for the, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's not really a, a class because you've got experience with guys coming out like Tony Collins and maybe LA group and that sort of thing. And it's not really a seminar. Right. But what is it? Is this a gathering? Is it a get together with enthusiasts? Yeah, I, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. It's just a gathering. An enthusiasts gathering, I guess. So, and I don't know hey. if it'll still be there, but whoever set, is setting this up with you is suggesting we do it at the Bat Cave in Griffith Park, which was the original where they actually filmed the Bat Cave for the original TV series Batman. Oh, right, right on. That's kind of cool. Right on. That's actually very cool. I've, I've never even been there. Lived in LA all my life. Never even knew where it was. Never Never heard of it. Nothing. Wow. Well, this so uh, this, this be should be cool. a this should be pretty fun. Right on. It should be a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get moving on with the show. So let's go ahead and get started with birthdays. Who do you have for birthdays, there, Sifu Bob? I have none this week. You have none. Okay. I've only I have got you. And this is for the week of uh, May 17th through May 23rd. Uh, I'm going to start with today, um, a former uh, short-time student um, of mine, Dylan Young. Um, His birthday is today. 
And uh, an old friend of mine from way back when, Roy Atizado, his birthday is tomorrow, May 18th. And um, just for just for trivia, May 18th, tomorrow, that was when Mount St. Helens blew its top. <laughs> anyway, um, May 19th, Mon Louie, a, uh, a friend of mine from the International Lion Dance Team, and let's see, I've got that on Wednesday the 20th at Vidal Kempo Karate. Um, that's her birthday. Now, I don't know if that's Daryl Vidal's birthday or the anniversary of how long he's been teaching, but that's Wednesday, May 20th. So I don't know. Maybe we get to bug Daryl and find out which birthday it is. <laughs> well, his, his birthday did not come up, so I didn't mention it. So I didn't, oh, okay. because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it just says here, Vidal Kempo Karate, Wednesday, May 20th. So go figure. I don't know. Uh, Friday, uh, Friday, May 22nd, Marietta de la Cruz. And Saturday, May 23rd, uh, my Tai Chi sister, uh, Viola Brumbaugh. That's her birthday. And I think that's it for my birthdays. So for everyone having a birthday this week, this I found a cute new tune. So this birthday tune is for you. Hola. Yeah. It's your birthday. We're here to party and sing to you. It's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain the whole day from the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excellent. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Woohoo! <laughs> now I want Mexican food. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Woo! I could use like a big taco, carne asada taco. All right, happy birthday, everybody! Feliz cumpleaños and all that other neat stuff. All right. Well, let's see. Um, do we have any other announcements before we get into health news? Well, like we, our normal announcements. All- just our normal announcements. We've gone over the Madison Hall of Fame, which is going to be June 6, 2015. Then we have, uh, let me switch tabs here. We've got Dragon Fest on July 18th and 19th. And what reminded me was that uh, Dan Hicks, CEO of the Madison Hall of Fame, just announced that he has got a booth for Dragon Fest. And I'm sure he's oh, going to cool. be there both. Both days because he's not going to come out from Ohio for one day unless he has somebody from out here man it for him. Right. Uh, and those vendors are going to include First Citizens Bank, Artistry of Carol Bilea, Bi- Bi- yeah, Bialock, <laughs> uh-huh. MarshallInfo.com, West Coast Wing Chun with Sandal Clark, Wing Chun Temple with Clark Tang, Sidekick Publications. Jeremy Lou's Hyperactive Monkey, Daryl Vidal, the museum store, the stunt people with Eric, with Eric Jacobus, Way of the Ballow Song with Paul Factura, 
James Santee filled the underdogs with Phil Air Ed Parker Jr. filmed the martial arts kid with James Wilson. Filmed the chemist, Art Camacho. Print FX, 2K Customs, Valley Martial Arts Slide. Sal Kowalu, Lua Weapons. Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Kane Masters, Mark Shuey, Parham, Martial Arts Media, and Samurai Sports. Featured guests will be Joe Montaigne, Steve Odekirk, Cynthia Rothrock, Benny Arquitas, Fumio Demora, Oliver Gruner, Albert Leong, Douglas Wong, Gary O'Gowell Wong, Dong the Dragon Wilson, Art Camacho, Sal Kowalu, Philip Reed, Simon Reed, John Tamaki, Carl Totten, Robin Chow, James Liu, Eric Lee, Takabota, Bill Riyasaki, and Cecil People. And there are some that are going at the 20. They're not going to be invited back this year. There was a couple that were uh, sort of uh, paid, to say the least. And I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, there were at least three that I knew of that were not invited back and were asked to come, and they asked to come back and basically were full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Very, very discreet on, on, on it. And, and Michael like that. Don't don't act up at, at Dragon Fest or at the museum because you'll be asked not to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it's all based on just general politeness, folks. I mean, you know, I mean, Sure, if you have differences with people, then take it up with them. You know, making it public does not necessarily win people over to your side. So, anyway, that's all I'll say about that. Leave the egos at home. Leave the egos at home when you're in public. All right. Um, I've got um, a few announcements. Uh, Well, first off, me and Bob uh, released an audio uh, announcement about uh, the daughter of uh, good friends of ours, uh, Shayna Vidal, the daughter of Daryl and April Vidal, has recently graduated from Cal State Fullerton, and she has now has a BA in communications broadcast journalism and a minor in American studies. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I can't but, remember. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, American American studies. So congratulations, Shana. And uh, I think uh, Daryl Vidal had posted that audio announcement to Shana's page, and I hope she gets it. So congratulations, Shana. <laughs> All right. And uh, I just want to send another uh, reminder out there to all the women warriors that are listening that the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists is holding their annual training camp this year, August 14th through the 17th in um, Boulder Creek, California at Camp Campbell. And we've got all sorts of great teachers for that. And this is a women's only camp. Sorry, guys. No guys allowed for it. Um, and uh, we we welcome women and teens and young girls of all ages to come in, regardless of style, regardless of experience level, come on out. Even if you're a woman and you really want to do martial arts but just don't know which one yet, um, this particular camp has a, a big variety of martial arts, such as wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Iaido, BJJ, um, Lua, uh, Kumulua Michelle Manu is going to be coming out and teaching uh, Kaivalu Lua, 
the Hawaiian martial arts. So that's going to be cool. Karate, uh, extreme martial arts, Tai Chi, Qigong, um, even bull whips. So I'm going to be teaching bull whips, judo, um, just all sorts of stuff. So get more information, folks. Uh, just go to pawma.org, pama.org. And uh, one more, I just want to uh, send a shout out to the producer of the Martial Arts Kid. Uh, for all our listeners that remember, last year we were doing heavy promotion of uh, James Wilson's uh, movie, The Martial Arts Kid. And uh, now the Martial Arts Kid is heading out to a lot of film festivals, and they've really been cleaning up. And from what I've heard, James the producer couldn't be happier about that recognition and and the recognition that the young stars are receiving. Now, according to moviepilot.com, James says, uh, we're excited by our win at World Fest Houston with the Platinum Remy Award in the family category. We're also thrilled by uh, Jason Panettiere, who plays the the kid in the martial arts kid. And, uh, and uh, Catherine Newton's nominations as Best Rising Star Actress. So that's pretty cool. Um, James also says, um, it was very rewarding for us to win again at the Sunscreen Film Festival with the Best Florida Film Award. We had a great audience reaction in each showing uh, that we've had, but it's also nice to receive recognition recognition by the festival judges. Um James also says, it seems that the anti-bully message, the family theme, and the love story ethics of training people to fight in our film has resonated with the audience and the judges, of course. Uh, the action and the humor helps, too. Sunscreen, uh, The Sunscreen Festival was a great experience and very well run and professional all the way. Uh, we were all proud of Matthew Ziff winning Best Supporting Actor. Um, he was terrific in a in a difficult role as Bo the bully. He worked hard for this role. Now, uh, for all our listeners out there, um, the martial arts kid is uh, also co-headlined by martial arts action movie legends uh, Cynthia Rothrock and Don the Dragon Wilson, who is, if no one didn't know already, who is the brother of James Wilson. It stars Jason Penitary as uh, the kid, um, um, and I think. The kid's name in the film is Robbie. Is it Robbie I or is it Bobby? So. I, I don't remember. remember. I think it's Robbie. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Newton plays uh, his love interest, and Ziff is the bully who torments him. Um, so I don't know um, when this is going to go out for public release. Right now, it's going through all the uh, uh, going through all the uh, festivals and stuff like that. Um, but yay, congratulations to all the wins at the festivals and stuff like that. Congrats, James, congrats, Don, congrats, Cynthia. You guys you guys rock. So anyway, that's it for that. <laughs> right on. The martial arts kid. Look for that. We like I said, I don't know when the release date's gonna be. All right. Moving on, I want our listeners to stay tuned because later in about mm, 10 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about kind of a touchy subject, a serious subject. And uh, that subject is all about when does martial arts training discipline turn into abuse? And uh, it's a touchy subject because like uh, what me and Sifu Bob were talking about in the green room before the show started is is that it's all about context, what might be considered 
you know, tough it out, you know, and get back into the training and just tough it out could be considered abuse by someone else. So there is a very fine line, but where do we draw that line? We'd love for martial arts teachers and students and anyone um, interested in joining us for this conversation to call us a little bit later, 347-677-0699, and give us your thoughts on this subject. All right. Well, let's move on to the health news. All right. This is about anemia. Right? I mean, in the United States, you know, people do get anemic. And, and you know, that's when you're low on iron. And uh, if, you, if you're anemic, you can get symptoms such as tiredness, headaches, and, and uh, just general mental distractedness, uh, sometimes so bad that you can't even work. All right? Um, and uh, especially pregnant women can uh, face serious health complications uh, before and after childbirth if, they, if they're if they anemic um, because uh, it can uh, result in hemorrhaging. Now, Canadian science graduate Christopher Charles, um, he visited Cambodia about five or six years ago, and uh, he discovered that unlike in America, many more people in Cambodia were anemic. In fact, it was a huge health problem. And uh, he found that in the villages of Kendal province, instead of bright, bouncing children, Dr. Charles found that many were small and weak and uh, were suffering with slow mental development. And uh, just like I had mentioned earlier, a lot of the women were suffering from extreme exhaustion and, and headaches and, and couldn't work. And uh, some, of the, some of the pregnant women were even uh, uh, getting so unhealthy during their pregnancy that, they, you know, that um, the health of the child was in, uh, was in danger. Now, ever since that visit to Kendall Province, Dr. Charles has been obsessed with iron and iron deficiencies. And, uh, you know, even though we might not look at anemia as being a very big health problem here in the U.S., it's it's a common nutritional problem all over the world. And it's, uh, although it mainly affects women of childbearing age, teenagers and young children, and yes, even guys can get anemic too. However, in developing countries such as Cambodia, Philippines, and so on, the condition is particularly widespread. I mean, can you believe this, Bob? Almost 50% of women and children suffering uh, suffers from anemia, which is mainly caused by iron wow. deficiencies because of the lack of iron in their diet. Now, you know, in these developing countries, the usual solution is iron supplements or tablets. Uh, but for some reason, it's not working. And, th- and it's because they're not affordable or they're not widely available, especially in the rural areas. And um, sometimes the the side effects of these tablets just make people not want to take them if they are able to get them. Now, Dr. Charles had this cool idea. He was inspired by previous research, which showed that cooking in cast iron pots increased the iron content of food. So he decided to put a lump of iron into the cooking pot, which was made from melted-down metal. His invention, which he shaped like a fish, 
which is a symbol of luck in Cambodian culture, was designed to release iron at the right concentration to provide the nutrients that so many women and children in the country were lacking. And the recipe is simple, Dr. Charles says. Boil up water or soup with the iron fish for at least 10 minutes. That's it. And that boiling enhances the iron, which leaches from it. Now, you can take the iron fish out after you boil it for however long you want to boil it. And then you just add a little bit of lemon juice to your dish, which is important for the absorption of iron. Now, that I didn't know. I didn't know that lemon juice was important in absorbing iron. I had no idea. And if the iron fish is used every day in the correct way, Dr. Charles says it would provide 75% of an adult's daily recommended intake of iron, and even more for a child. Trials on several hundred villagers in one province in Cambodia show that nearly half of those who took part in this uh, in this study with the uh, iron fish are no longer anemic after 12 months. So right on. That's uh, pretty cool. And uh, there's now a company that makes these. It's called the Lucky Iron Fish and has distributed nearly 9,000 of these fish to hospitals and non-governmental organizations in the country, which is uh, pretty cool. And uh, Dr. Charles is really pleased that most villagers in rural and con- rural areas in Cambodia have accepted the smiling iron fish, which is only about three inches long and weighs only about seven ounces. And uh, it doesn't really affect the taste of the food, but it does impart the needed nutrient of iron. So really wow. cool. So that's that I know, really isn't cool. that cool? Very simple. I mean, you know, cast iron pots, you know, it's kind of if you do find them in the developing countries, it's, you know, it's a prized possession. You know, but not very many people have them. A lot of people have, you know, standard aluminum or, you know, they make their own pots out of leaves or skins or whatever, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's that, that's a cool invention. All well, right. And so, you know, Rusty, at, at, at a young age, you know how we're pr- pretty lazy, right? Right. And you know what my dad used to call that? He used to call that spring fever, when the iron mm-hmm. in your blood turns to lead in your ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's get, let's get moving on with the show. Let's move to... Weird. Well, this one is about a dirty bird. Neighbor says parrot is teaching grandkids curse words in Spanish. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Anyway. How is that working? There is a parrot in Northern California with an unusual talent for mimicry. Even for his kind, he can bark like a dog, meow like a cat. We're like a drill and swish like a waterfall. I have no okay. idea what that does meant. Like he can this like make happens. a drill sound, yeah. Or whatever. This is what happens when you don't read copy prior to showtime, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, huh. and sometimes, and it doesn't help to read it over again because then you just look stupid, like I do right now. 
It's okay, bro. It's okay. <laughs> and then there's the curse word. Supposedly curse word, at least. Hmm. Jessica Baca, who lives next door in the town of Tracy, has accused the bird named Rula of saying prostitute in Spanish. NBC affiliate <laughs> KCRA reported her grandkids repeat it. She says she tells them, don't say that word. Rula's hmm. owner, Rita, Rita Conosalas, says Baca isn't hearing correctly. Rula is actually saying his own name, which sounds similar to the offending word, she says. <laughs> besides besides uh, Caselia saying she never la- she never taught the bird Spanish. For the record, <laughs> the local animal control officer who's received several complaints about Rula's uh, behavior says he's never heard the bird curse. So I think hmm. this chick's just, just absolutely insane. Right. Now, wh- what's the bird's name again? Rula. Like Rula. Rula well, that's that's weird because it's like I thought the word for prostitute was like, well, prostituta oh, or, or puta. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. That 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 would that would that would make sense if the bird can't hear. All right. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. That, that. <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, some <laughs> the bird had to, the bird had to have heard it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, had to. Had to, because if he can, because if a bird can can mimic a, a drill. Can can mimic very complex sounds. I'm sorry, the bird can hear, you know, the and clarity hear of well. and hear right. well enough, right? Because you know, I I don't know if uh, the listeners out there have seen it, but there was a video that was circulating through Facebook and through other social media of like a mina bird, and it was it was imitating, and it was in the wild, and it was imitating the sounds of logging machinery, like the 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 trucks. And the horns and the the um, the machinery and the saws, and wow. it, it was a it was pretty amazing. However, it was sad too because the bird can hear it and it can mimic it, and that's what made it sad was the the logging noises that it was um, that it was mimicking. So it was kind of a bittersweet thing. But man, those those birds are really freaking like freaky <laughs> at mimicking. Oh, well. All right. Way to go, Parrot. (laughs) Let's move on to entertainment news. And stay tuned, folks. In about five minutes or so, we're going to be talking about that touchy, serious subject of when does martial arts discipline turn into abuse? Where is that fine line? So stay tuned and give us a call a little bit later, 347-677-0699, and give us your thoughts on this subject. All right. Entertainment news. Here we go. Cool. And, of course, Lindsay Lohan back. Oh. She she vows to become a fugitive from justice and will flee to Monaco if she doesn't complete her community service on time. Hmm. See a pattern here? Yeah. She already knows that there's a chance she's not going to do it. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we know Lindsay is 
keenly aware of the looming May 28th deadline, and she knows there's a real chance she won't complete her required hours. We also know she's been told she's going to jail if she falls short. And this time, she actually believed it. I guess before, because she's got money, she's got attorneys, she's famous, she sort of doubted she's going to jail. Mm-hmm. She figured out if she can bail herself out, her attorney won't let her go, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay has made it clear to family, to, to friends and family, if she doesn't get it done, she won't go back to California for her court hearing. She says a very rich friend has a hotel in Monaco and has given her carte blanche to stay indefinitely, and she'll take him up on the offer. Wow. He can't be extradited for a reckless driving misdemeanor, so authorities Hmm. can't touch her. In the unlikely event she actually completes her community service on time, she says she'll gladly go to court, but then it's definitely off to Monaco. Then the the footnote says, drive safely, Monaco residents. Wow. So she can't be extradited for that, huh? Right. But announcing that she's going to do it, wouldn't that, like, tip off the authorities to put a hold on her passport and put her on a no-fly list and do all this other stuff because she's still here? They can't extradite her, but they can't stop her from leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of weird. Now, I mean, I, okay, this this is what I'm <laughs> wondering about. Okay, so her friend has an apartment in Monaco. No, the hotel. Oh, the hotel. Oh, okay. So so the friend owns a hotel in Monaco. Okay. Right. All right. I was going to so say he, apartment because like Monaco's only like what four or five hundred acres. It's just this tiny. It's like it's a tiny city, you know, that's its own little country. It's not very big. It's like, where does someone put an apartment? <laughs> it should only uh, exactly. be hotels and casinos, right? <laughs> that's right. Wow. So, so I guess he's offered her extradition, or he's offered her immune, uh, amnesty. Immunity. From, from am- this, um, yeah. Thank you, amnesty, from this crime. Uh-huh. So to get out of the country, he better have a private jet, too. Yeah. To fly her out. Because right? she better not plan on uh, announcing this is stupid anyway. She better not right. plan on taking public transportation. Yeah. Wow. Dang. What, you know, why don't, I just want to know why people don't think. Why do people put themselves in situations where they're going to have to leave the freaking country? Why? <laughs> For a reckless driving conviction. Why? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, celebrities. Anyway. I know. I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. 
Anyway, let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about martial arts discipline, um, or if you want to call it old school discipline. Uh, where's the line drawn? When, when is it old school and when is it abuse or considered punishment? You welcome your thoughts. So give us a call, 347-677-0699. We'll be right back after this. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 68. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You know, a lot of kids in my neighborhood have really... Believe me. There's these teenagers around my neighborhood who sometimes just ride around us on their bikes calling calling us swear words and like throwing stuff at us. He grabs my jacket just to get in line first and he was running after me and then he grabbed me by the hood and I started choking. I wasn't doing anything. He called me gay because he didn't like me. Bullying is wrong because it like hurts people's feelings and it makes you feel bad about yourself. It can make someone feel uncomfortable and scare them and make them not want to go back to school. It lowers their self-esteem. And it doesn't just always hurt on the outside. It also hurts on the inside. But do you know what I say when he's bothering me? I say, don't do that. If you don't stop, then I'll go tell the teacher. Stop. Could you please not do that anymore? Just stop. Stop bullying. It is not cool. Hi, folks. This is Restita De Jesus of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. And I just want to send a shout-out to a good friend of the Dynamic Dojo show, Mr. Justin Harvey. Now, Justin's got two big passions in the world, and those are radio and martial arts. A student of Frank Duke's, Justin is a true student of the arts. Now, Justin has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't stop him at all. In fact, if somebody says that something can't be done, Justin will just get out there and do it, no matter what. He's the host of The Justin Harvey Show and has had guests such as Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Dukes, Ernie Reyes Sr. and Jr., Eric Lee, and many more. The Justin Harvey Show is syndicated on iTunes, so what are you waiting for? Go check it out. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Okay. 
Dokey, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699, and uh, our subject today, our open forum, open mic, um, subject today is martial arts discipline and abuse. Where do we draw the line? Um, all right, and uh, you know this is kind of a it's a it's a serious subject, one that I don't think we've ever talked about, Sifu Bob. No. Um, but but one that does need some attention because you know you and I both come from what we would call old school upbringing, right? Oh, you mean a Shania across the back of thighs and horse dance? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or the helper stick or whatever, right? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. The reason yeah. that's the <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, it still jacks you up. It does. It does. And you know, and and the reason why it's it's kind of a touchy subject is because it's 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 all about the context, right? Because my teacher in Wushu, she used to tell us stories about you know, you know being, you know, bent over backwards over the coach's knee if they didn't do a um, a, a bridge move right or something, and blah blah blah. You know, helper stick, smack smack. You know that kind of thing. And um, you know, back then um, in China, it, it was considered discipline, right? Um, and it's it's accepted. Over there now, you try that kind of stuff over here in the United States, and you know people are going to be crying abuse. Now, the, my teacher went through that kind of stuff when she was like a little kid, like eight years old, nine years old. You know, over here, you, you try doing stuff like that, you'll get parents like chomping at the bit to sue your happy butt and put your school out of business because it's abuse, right? So, right. So you know, again, you know, it's a serious subject. It's a touchy subject. Um, but where is that line drawn, right? Um, now, for anyone that calls, if you want to join the conversation, please make sure you press 1 so that way we know you're um, in the caller queue um, and that you want to join the conversation. Otherwise, we're just going to think that you're listening. Um, so, yeah, and if you don't want to give us a call, um, you can go ahead and go to our chat board. Just head over to the blog talk radio show uh, marquee if you clicked on the link from facebook it'll take you to blog talk radio just scroll down a little bit on the show marquee and put your uh put your um questions there or add to your uh add to the conversation there and you don't have to sign in it's going to try to uh have you like sign in um with facebook you don't have to do that uh, i do think though you need to sign in with uh uh with a listener account and uh, if you have a listener account, you will be um, anonymous. You're just given a number, and we're not going to know who you are. So, you know, if you don't want to, if you want to talk, then you can still be anonymous. So, anyway, all right. So, okay, well, let's uh, let's get the conversation rolling. Okay, let's start. Let's start with you, Sifu Bob. Okay, when you were training, I mean, okay, let me let me back up a little bit. Um, when now listeners, when we talk about old school, we're talking about methods of training, um, as well as, you know, disciplinary measures, you know, I mean, if you were, uh, not acting appropriately, like if you were just messing around while the teacher was speaking, or if you were disrespectful to the teacher or disrespectful to your classmates or purposefully 
hit a classmate because you were just pissed off at them? Well, what did you normally get? Well, I got push-ups. What about you, Bob? You know, what was it like coming up when you were training old school style? Uh, well, it was push-ups. It was horse stands against the wall for half an hour to an hour during the entire class. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you'd have your back up against the wall. Sometimes you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, testing was a different story. You do a technique a tenth of a degree off, and you're getting push-ups. Mm-hmm. If you mouth off, you got push-ups. I call it pushing California away from you. <laughs> if you said that's not right, drop this, and they give you lip, oh, mm-hmm. you just doubled your count. Right, right, right. Well, I can and see that's that. Today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can see that. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, you know, especially like with kids. I mean, you know, the kids have to learn. Hey, there's a time to, there's a time to to listen and and uh, and not mouth off. And then there's a time to stand up for yourself. Okay, there's there's a difference though. But here's the thing though, right? Is that if a studio does not teach the difference between, you know, the discipline or the consequences, inappropriate behavior, and they just drop kids or even adults for push-ups or in the corner for a horse dance for an hour or whatever, you know, what is that telling the, in this case, a child? Let's just take, you know, a child in in um, uh, in accordance here, right? You know, what does that say to a child? What, I'm being dropped for push-ups. Why? Right? And in in a situation like that, the kid only gets good at doing push-ups when they're told. They don't un- they won't understand, you know, the the correlation between I messed up and I did something wrong or I did, you know, I lipped off and didn't show respect when I was supposed to or blah blah blah. Therefore, I have to do these push-ups as a reminder that I did something wrong. They just get good at doing push-ups it's 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 it's, i kind of look at it like you know like if you punish a punish a a dog half an hour after it eats the couch it's not going to know why you hit them right it's not going to make that correlation it's not going to you know change the behavior um and that's the only thing that i have a problem with with um martial arts studios that don't make their expectations clear and don't make the consequences clear um, you know, because then, you know, kids will quit. <laughs> and if your school depends on kids for, you know, 80% of its revenue, then, you know, you're going to have a high turnover rate. Um, so anyway, that's just my little side thing on that. I was raised old school too. I mean, you messed up, you were doing push-ups on your knuckles on a hardwood floor, you know, um, or if you messed up, you got hit in the face because there was no, you know, when you know when I was learning in Kajukembo, we you know when we were training self defense, you know if you made a mistake, you got hit, so you learned, right? Um, now we didn't get dropped for push ups if we you know if we did a block like you know two degrees offline or anything like that. We just uh, we were told what was wrong with our stuff after the fact, so it so we weren't shamed in front of the in front of the group or anything like that. But I've seen studios that will publicly shame students you know for doing a a kick wrong or or something like that and i've actually heard of 
studios where if 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 the teacher berates a student or makes fun of a student, then everyone else is encouraged to join in on that. And then now you've got like the whole school berating a student. That's ridiculous. Um, that's where I call that you know, abuse. But you know, uh, but I get, wouldn't you? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Bob? Do you think it's all based on context and what the expectations are for a school, or I don't know? What do you? What do you? What do you, you think know, on it that? It is. I don't believe in braiding a student. Uh, testing is a little bit different if they don't listen, or if they do something they weren't supposed to as a technique right. when they didn't listen. That's a reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but berating a student, I've never believed it. You know, I mean, um, throughout my years, and I'm sure you've heard of stories too, and anyone else out there that's been around for a long time, you know, you'll you know you'll hear stories, not necessarily you know stories that happen to you, but like from other people um, about how maybe studio so and so, you know, will will make you. Uh, will say, oh, here, you know, we'll give you a break on your tuition if you help clean up the school. But then they they use you basically as a, uh, as a you know, a, a peon minion slave to take care of the whole school without any pay. And then if you do something wrong, like clean the toilet wrong or whatever, then you're made to look like an idiot. Um, I've seen, uh, I've seen, uh, not seen, but I've heard of stories where the instructors – will, I kid you not, will actually be gaslighting. They'll they'll be they'll be doing all sorts of weird emotional and and um mental games that will make a student question themselves. Did I really say that? Did I really do that? Do I really deserve this these you know, these push-ups or this horse stance, you know, above a bed of nails, you know, I, I brought this on myself, uh, you know, and, and they're convinced of it by their instructors. And I think it's ridiculous. Um, but here's the thing, though, you know, in a lot of, not a lot, but in the studios where stuff like this happens, students don't know it's happening. It's part of the it's it's just part of the thing, right? It's just part of the training. Oh well, you did that, therefore master so and so is gonna tell you you suck. That really sucks. What are you stupid? You know, stuff like that. How could you right. be so well, stupid? I told you this time and time again. Now drop and give me fifty. How many times do I have to tell you? Now go in the corner and practice it a hundred times. When of course they probably don't supervise the practice. Right, so of course the student is not going to get any correction, <laughs> and know. it's still going to be wrong because, and it's you still know, going to be wrong. You know, practice yeah. makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Not exactly practicing wrong every time, right? Right, and right. And that's thing I coaching agree with, and I, I know this is off the subject, but how many times? You know, I I know I know who's listening, so I want this guy to press one. Because he is even old, more old school than we are. But how many times, and you've been through it, I've been through it. Uh, my wife comes in today all pissed off because she's she sees it in a local coffee shop. An mm. instructor, no names are going to be mentioned. An instructor sitting with nothing but female students 
and he's acting like he's all of their boyfriends. You know, a boyfriend, all of them. I've seen mm-hmm. his students change, change their last name to match his. How many times have you gone what? through where you you knew that the instructor was having sexual relations with a student? Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's a little more, it's just a tad bit more widespread than people think. You know, some people yes. think that, that it's, uh, you know, that, oh, you know, that guy's just, he's he's just a pedo or he's just you know he just can't keep his thing in his pants or whatever right but it's a lot it it, it is a little more uh widespread because at this point now we're talking about the abuse of authority right you know right. Uh, if someone puts themselves in that um pedestal so to speak if someone puts themselves on a pedestal and expects their students to do what they want them to do when they say, whenever they say, you know, jump, how high, you know, that kind of thing. Um, th- and and that power goes to their head. That's when that's when junk hits the fan. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's right. You know, and what's what's even worse is if the if the studio and the students have no idea it's going on. At that point in time, it becomes cult mentality, right? That, that, that was my next point, the cult mentality. Now, I yeah. do want to bring on uh, a, a caller that has been around okay. a day or two. He's probably got keys older than either one of us. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> Professor Patrick. <laughs> I, All right. I, let's bring let's on click, the line. Let's click him on. <laughs> Professor Patrick McDaniel, how are you? Hey, I'm I'm absolutely fine. How about you guys? We're doing we're doing, we're doing great. Well. We're doing great. We're we're glad that you uh decided to call in from a, a different line, I think, and uh and give us a call because you know, uh this subject is a very touchy subject. Where does abuse uh where does discipline in the martial arts turn into abuse and uh, you know me and bob were just uh, a couple seconds ago talking about when instructors let the power go to their head and turn their and you know turn their organization into you know something with cult mentality and you know and how dangerous that can be because no one knows <laughs> that it's going on um you know what what are your thoughts on on the whole subject well, uh, what what was interesting to me is when you uh, talked about what the topic would be. My question mm-hmm. was, uh, is anybody still doing that in the United States? So you know, oh. so <laughs> you mean the discipline part or the abuse well, part? The, yeah, the degree of discipline that you know that. Oh, because uh-huh. what, what comes to mind is when you said, "What is abuse?" You know, and what is discipline? And so the abuse thing is what concerned me. I'm like, are, are people still doing that? You know, and in this seditious society, get out of here, you know? <laughs> so uh, it, anyway, uh, I'm listening, and I'm, I'm, I've heard some of the things you said, and um, I, I mean, I, I come from, you know, that, that concrete era. Yeah. You know, you had, yeah. you had wood floors, so to me that was like carpet. I had yeah. concrete. <laughs> No, I, so. I hear you, Professor. Like, when I was doing karate, it was, you know, wood floor. But when I started taking kajukembo with uh, Sifu right. Faircloth, it was painted concrete. We had beautiful right. concrete right. floor that was painted with the yin-yang and the tiger and the <laughs> dragon. 
and the kajikembo clover and the reeds and right. stuff. And I don't know how many times I licked that floor because I hit it so hard. <laughs> and it's <laughs> oh, floor's clean where I'm at, you know. <laughs> you know, but but I guess this is where the context comes in because when I got into kajikembo, I was told right off the bat. Well, actually, I was asked, "Why do you want to take kajikembo?" And I said to Sifu Faircloth because I had done karate for about 20 years and I told him the story about how I was just walking down the street and some guy walked past me and I just had this random thought. Would I be able to defend myself against that guy if he turned around and hit me? And I questioned myself. And I went, why why did I question myself? You know, where ah, was where was I right. lacking confidence, right? right. Um, and I knew what I needed. I needed something that was um that was not kumite based, right? Because mm-hmm. all my techniques right. were like, you know, roundhouse kick, backfist punch, you know, ridge mm-hmm. hand strike, jumping ridge hand strike, you know, Superman punch and you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna right. be able to pull that off. So I went to Sifu Faircloth um, on uh, uh, on the referral of a friend, and he goes, okay, so why do you want to learn Kaja Campbell? Because I want to defend myself. Um, and uh, he's like, so you've done karate before? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, about 20 years, but that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. I'm, I'm here to right. learn to defend myself. And he says, well, okay, we don't have mats. I said, I'm fine with that, and uh, okay. you're going to get hit. I'm fine with that. You might get right. thrown and just know it's not going to be on purpose. That's part of the training. I'm fine with that. I'm good with it. You know, the grittier, the better, because I know the streets ain't the dojo. You know? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, okay, well, now that we're clear on that, here's, here's the stuff you got to read, and this is what you got to sign, blah, 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 blah. And my first day was, you know, tons of push-ups, basics in a horse dance for like an hour and a half, and then I got hit in the face. <laughs> Right. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. But see, the thing is, is I agreed to it, and I was, I was talked to, you know, as someone with previous martial arts experience, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Sifu Faircloth, to his credit, can can tailor a workout to anybody. He can tailor a workout to exactly. you know first day person, and any good instructor will, right? From a first That's day it. person to someone with 20 years experience, he'll tailor it to you, right? Um, right. But, you know, when people go into something and they agree to it and they're consenting and, and stuff like that, then for that person, it becomes their discipline. It becomes their way of learning, right? Um, now, it would be different, though, if some first-day person came in and, you know, that guy or gal was not told everything I was told on my first day right. at Campbell and then got dropped for push-ups on the concrete and then thrown to the concrete and then, you know, and then punched in the face. You know, what are you doing? Put up your hands. You know, you should have blocked that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I should have. <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, that's, I, I think that's, um, you know, I think that's where the difference lies. Um, and, I, yeah. and I think most people that get into martial arts um, do know that there is going to be a certain amount of discipline involved, that they will be doing push-ups, that they will accidentally get hit, or even, like, accidentally on purpose, if you know what I mean, um, right. get hit, um, and par for the course. You know, it, and, you know, and I agree, it's par for the course, and if they're okay with it, then great. 
Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, like Bob, Bob and I were mentioning, you know, for the few schools out there that carry a cult mentality, where where does, you know, where is that line drawn? You know, is is an instructor allowed to mentally and emotionally, you know, berate or abuse their students? You know, it's like where where is that line? And um, so that's kind of where we're at right now is like, you know, what's, what's that delineating factor and is gaslighting allowed, you know, mm-hmm. making a student. I, um, I, I think you answered that. I think you, you answered that uh, with your story saying that you knew what you were walking into, you know? Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. If you know what you're walking into, if it's explained or even uh, in, in a lot of the dojo cases, they're like, um, well, come to a class and observe. You know, mm-hmm. if, if someone is observing my class, then I don't put on any special show. So what you see when you're observing and the way mm-hmm. I'm teaching is what you're going to come into when you sign up, you know. Right. Yeah, so uh, if they see it, they know what they're walking into, uh, and they consent to it. Like you said, you consented to it. Well, then, yeah. you know, they, they've already signed over their, you know, their position. Okay. This is what right. I'm going to get. This is what I don't mind. I don't mind training this way. It's something I want to accomplish. You know, if uh, if you want to feel more street strong and you know mentally street strong and not have to question yourself like like you explained that you had to do it at one point. Yeah. You know, and if you think exactly. this is what's going to help you gain that street strength, you know, then yeah, you consent to it. Then it's it's not abuse. You know, you 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 consent to it to a certain degree. Now I think if they're so ancient to where you're still getting you know, the, the glue beat out of it with sticks and, and things of that nature. I, I think we are, I think we're in a different different age for some of the torture. I'm going to go ahead and do the word torture. Yeah. We're in a different age, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, yeah than, I think we evolved like, went through wonky wonky torture, uh, right, probably not right. as not as uh, extreme as uh, in Kajikembo and years, years past, but it was like, oh, my right. God, really? You know? <laughs> and then when I got into Wushu, it was worse because it was like, <laughs> you know, I had to, literally, I had to do my routines in my own puke because, you know, <laughs> because, you know, and I, this is nothing against, um, you know, Master Hong whatsoever, but when she said, when she asked me, do you want to become a champion? I said, yes. Why do you want to become a world champion? Because it's a challenge that I've never undertaken. I've never trained any harder than the hardest I've already trained. And I said, oh, okay. So if I were to train you the way I was trained, will you be okay with that? And I went, yeah, I had to think about it for a second. I really did. I had to think about it. I'm yeah, like, oh my God, yeah. what am I getting myself into? And I said, yes. And she's okay. You got to trust me. And if you trust me and you do everything that I say and do your best and everything that I have you do, you know, I guarantee you're going to become a world champion. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And yeah, I was like running stairs and, you know, six hours a day and push-ups and sit-ups and routines until my legs fell out from under me and then she'd say get back up and you know she had this stick and she'd like pick me up with a stick and tap me with the stick no lower lower and then she'd push me down and you know force stretched until you know 
there's this one stretch that I called the rack. And uh, you lay down on your back, and she grabs one leg, and another classmate holds down the other leg. And she'll take that leg and bring it to your forehead until your toe touches the floor behind your head. And I was crying, and she's like, just relax. And, you know, and she's pretty soon she's laying on that. And I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm numb now. I think I do. (laughs) I'm numb. I'm numb. I think something ripped. And, And. you know, and for three years I was sore every day, and uh, and the days that I was really sick, instead of wanting to call in sick, I'd have to mm-hmm. make up for it the next day. And she would right. not be easy on us, and and it was just you know, and people would look at that. You know, I had a friend watch class, and she was like, "Holy crap, are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> She left after the four-hour mark, and she's like, you didn't get a drink of water that whole right. time. What are you guys doing? And I'm like, "This, I, I, I walked into this. I agreed to it. I have to do mm-hmm. what this entails. You know, if that means pulling a log up a hill, I'm going to pull a log up the hill, which she made right, us do. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. you, you know what the reward is going to be. You know what the reward exactly. is. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, you got to eat bitter before you can taste sweet. And you know what the yeah. reward is. It's just like, you know, the Rocky montage in the movies, right? You got to go exactly. through pain, exactly. pain and suffering. Um, but, you know, it is it, though, I guess the whole, um, um, I guess the question isn't really, is it abuse for me personally or for you or for Bob right. or is it discipline? But rather, you know, where does the public see it? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And why yeah. does the public see it that way? So um, let's uh, bring exactly. the mic over to Bob and uh, get Bob's thoughts on this. I mean, Bob, why do you think the public sees certain types of martial arts discipline as as abuse? Because they've been trained that way. The media, uh, everything else, just like uh, what we used to consider uh, discipline for the kids has now turned into abuse. Right. It's mm-hmm. a public training. You know, when I, I used to get my ass whipped as a kid. Right. Not mm-hmm. like abusive, but if I mouth out, I got it right. I got five right across the, right across the eyes. Mm-hmm. If I did that today, I'd go to jail. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. right. And but but I turned seventeen and my and my and I grew a pair. I didn't dare go up against my father, right? Because he would (laughs) whip my ass. Now my son, on the other hand, at seventeen, his dropped and he wanted to take my head off. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, did that sort of answer it, Rusty, or did I get around it? it? It did, and it's funny that you said, "Yeah." When I, I wouldn't dare have, you know. I, I tried, I, I tried to take my dad on, and my dad took his belt off quicker than lickety split and smacked me with that buckle and put it on his belt, uh, put it back mm-hmm. on his pants before I could even yeah, blink. Yeah. I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> and I realized, <laughs> and that's when I realized, number one, he must, he must know Filipino martial arts. <laughs> number two, <laughs> you know. He, no matter what, I was still, you know, I was still his his kid. And he was going to discipline me, you know, for as long as I lived under his roof using his money. You know what I mean? And right. and that, that, that brought it home. Um, 
um it's it's funny that you that you uh, mentioned the the media not funny haha but you know i guess my question now is kind of changes changing the subject but not really is why does the media propagate this this um i guess stereotype that discipline you know is 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 abuse like okay so for example if i had Oh, I don't know. I, I I'll tell this story because it's you know it's you know forty something years later, and I learned from it. And it's stupid. We all do stupid things. Uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, in uh, junior high school. I was with a friend, and we were in a store, and we just got like the weird bravery, right? And we each took like two candy bars. Basically, we shoplifted, right? right? And uh, we thought we, we had it made, you know, we thought, oh, you know, the, the lady at the counter, you know, is busy with something else and blah, blah, blah. We didn't know that there was like another person in the catwalk, you know, looking down at us. We had no idea there was another person in the back room. We had no clue. Right. Um, and little did we know that the phone, when the phone rang, it was a people from the back room. <laughs> right. And we headed out. And we got caught, and right. the cops came, and my dad came. Oh Hello. my goodness! Hello. He he kept it together, you know. There. You know there. You know when he yeah. went to. You know he kept it together there when he offered to pay and and this and that and when he talked to the cop or whatever. But boy, oh boy, you know what's funny is I thought my dad was gonna slap me silly in the truck ride home. It was my mom. <laughs> Second I walked through that door, I didn't see that hand come out of anywhere. It just came out of nowhere. Bam! How could you do that? We've taught you better, and this and that and the other, and blah blah blah, right? Um, and from that point on, um, I went, wow, you know, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, what was I thinking? I, I, I'm unbeatable. I'm bulletproof. I'm not going to get caught, right? Um, and at that point, it was discipline. Even at a young age, I knew it was discipline. It was wake up. That was what that was right. all about. Now, I guess it would be one thing if she kept at it and came at me with, like, the yardstick, then the broomstick, then, you know, then the kitchen sink, and then the cleaver. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, at that point yeah. in time, yeah, it would be considered abuse. Uh, but right. once well, back, then, then Rusty, what happened to that, that woman in Baltimore that whipped the crap out of her kid on national TV? Not a thing. She know, was praised for it. Exactly, exactly. Because and you know and and I can see why people praise that because a lot of kids these days, not all. Okay, so if there are any youngsters listening, I'm not talking about all kids. A lot of kids these days lack discipline. Just lack yeah. it whatsoever. And these same kids that lack discipline, sometimes they want to get into the martial arts just to yeah. learn yeah. how to kick ass, yeah. right? Yeah. How to be an ass kicker. And then you try yeah. disciplining them, and then they're going to give you lip. And you discipline them more, they give you more lip. You know, number one, if a martial arts studio keeps a disrespectful person that long, right, where, they're keep, where they keep lipping off, and if they don't learn after repeated times of, Okay, horse stance. Okay, knuckle push-ups. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, horse stance with a staff on your on your legs or whatever. If they don't learn right. from that, 
if a school, um, and I, I guess this is just another hypothetical thing, if a school is forced to say, hey, you know, wake up and they do something outrageous for a d- discipline thing, like, I don't know, like, uh, pff, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of something outrageous, but let's just say, you know, horse stance on a bed of nails or something, okay? You know, that's if they think of, yeah. yeah, that's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So if they do something like horse stance on a bed of nails and whoop, all of a sudden it's abuse. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know, I'm trying to make a point here and I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to like, I'm trying, I'm, 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 I don't think I'm like making myself very clear, but it's like, you okay. know, if, uh, you know, if, uh, well, in this case, you know, if a parent is forced to do something dire, to mm-hmm. discipline a child, you know, is it then considered abuse? Um, that's the touchy part because the same thing applies in martial arts. Um, right. Right. Now, in martial arts, you can kick out a student. You know, you can't exactly. necessarily kick exactly. out a nine-year-old kid, you know, or a 10-year-old kid. I mean, you can try, but, you know, <laughs> then CPS gets involved, and that gets kind of ugly if you do that. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, uh, but regarding that lady on um, in Baltimore, um, you know, it, 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 I don't know the whole story, but, you know, I, I guess to everyone, it appeared that he was, that he was raised knowing right from wrong and he chose exactly. wrong that day. Exactly. And yeah. mom got in her car and got out there and just smacked him silly in front of national television. It, it and, kept going. It wasn't just one slap. She was Oh, I know. She beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I watched the whole thing. I'm like, holy moly. You know, Mm -hmm. at first I was like, you go, Mom. And then I was like, whoa. And I was in my living room applauding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and her position is, her position is, I think, because you mentioned she did, she did raise him better. You know, and that's obvious. You know, she raised him better, and then he chose yeah. to try to follow a disruptive crowd without really having a, a personal, genuine purpose. He just followed the crowd. You know, and yeah. I think that's what upset her the most is, you know, she's taught him not to follow crowds. You know, if you're yeah. going to be a leader, you know, yeah, be a leader in a, in a more positive sense. But, yeah, that that you know, just did not stand. She couldn't stand for that because she didn't raise him like that, you know? Exactly. Exactly, and see, and you know, I I thought it was I I thought it was okay. I'm like, okay, you know, right. and and yeah, that's and and that that's our thing. And then you know, and gosh yeah, forbid, we come, from, we come from wherever. If you think you're going to go out in a store and and act ugly, then that's where I'm going to take care of the problem. You know, that's yeah. where we come from. So don't think that you're going to get around a whole bunch of strangers and try to turn into somebody else because exactly. we're going to get something right there. That's where exactly. I come from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, my goodness, you know. I mean, if, you know, if and when, you know, my sister and I did act up in public, we didn't get the slap because that would be too distracting to the rest of the public. We got this pinch on the neck skin right behind the ear with the fingertips, not like the pads, not like the yeah, – and she, yeah. mom would snap. She would get the – you know, get her middle finger and thumb right in and then she would – just snap and yeah, wah, yeah. and 
I never knew such such tear wrenching made you go into a cold sweat pain. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it was like what you know. And nowadays, though, and it's it's considered abuse. And and you know, is it um, is it the the change in uh, the generations? You know, we're in Generation oh, X um, now, aren't we? Big change in the generations yeah. to where. You know, you can talk. You can talk to parents, and now some grandparents about some of the stories that we're talking about right now, and they're clueless. They're, they're yeah. clueless. They didn't have to live like that, so they have no idea. So they only know what they know. And here's uh, some organizations that have daycare centers or after-school programs, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this. And if you haven't, then be ready to have your mind blown. Mm. You you don't even tell a child no. You can't tell what? them no. You gotta you gotta figure out another way for them not to have what they want. So, you know, because right. you can't use the word no. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What? You know what? Yes, yes. What? There's some, there's some, there are some programs like that to where the, the, the higher ups, you know, who've who've studied children's behavior and how they react to things and how their feelings are crushed, they don't even want you to use the word no. Oh, you know. Oh my and that just, goodness! That, that blows my mind. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because let me see if I can look up this guy's name. Um, I remember when I was a kid, there was a book that was written by a guy named um, Haim Janot. And um, if I remember correctly, he was like a psychologist, like a child psychologist, a school teacher or whatever. And, um, he was actually one of the people that uh, came up with techniques to talk to children to um, instill discipline without mm-hmm. the, the physicality of it. So he was okay. kind of like the first Mr. Rogers <laughs> in a way. And I'm, let me see here. Let me look at the uh, – trying to look at the – look for the book here. And um, his uh, – yeah, a lot – okay, here we go. A lot of his um, – um, way of speaking kids was at the time, and this was like in the uh, 1960s, right? I mean, that's 1950s right. and 1960s. This is old school. Um, he had a way of um, letting kids know that you understood what they were coming from, where they were coming from, uh-huh. even though they couldn't, like, you know, verbalize their feelings. Um, right. But he was, I think he was one of the first people that actually um, came up with ways, uh, or alternative ways to prevent a child from doing something like bad or weird or not safe that a kid wanted to do without using the word no. Okay. And yeah, and I was like, where where have I heard this before when you said, you know, that you know, there are places right. these days. Where have I heard this before? And I remember I was I, I was like 12 when I f- discovered this job here at uh at my at my house. And I picked it up and I read the whole thing from front to back. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Sorry, my phone rang. I'm like, that's interesting, because my parents never used any of this. <laughs> no, minded me. Well, you know what's interesting, Rusty? When, you know, Brandon's 20 now, 
And when mm-hmm. he was about six or seven, he was sitting in the living room with his cousin. Now, his cousin was just not a good little kid. She was about mm-hmm. oh, nine at the time. He stuck his tongue out at me because she was, she was, she was instigating it. I took my middle finger, flipped him right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Ah! She goes oh. running outside because my wife's outside, and she says, Uncle Bob's beating up right now. Or beating Brandon. <laughs> she comes running in and she says, What's going on? And I say, He stuck his tongue out at me. I flipped him in the mouth and I'll do it again. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, this, because he didn't understand, no, but he did understand pain. Okay. Mm-hmm. He never stuck his tongue out at me again. See there? Huh. At, at least yeah. to my face. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in situations like that, let's let's apply that to martial arts, let's say, right? Um, yeah. Let's say, you know, there's a six-year-old kid. He's only been around for, like, I don't know, two weeks. Just got his uniform. That, you know, that kind of new, right? And let's say, I don't know, you said something that he didn't like, like, well, you know, you're not supposed to talk to Johnny like that. Drop and give me ten. And they stick their tongue out at you. You see what I'm saying? And then, I let's say I go over there and, like, Slap him one. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, would I, you know, would I have done something like that if I had a kid that did, if I had my own child that did that? Well, maybe, but maybe not slap, but you know what I mean? I would discipline them right there. But in a martial arts sense, you know, would that be considered discipline or would that be considered abuse? Well, I would be now, considered abuse probably. Now it's abuse. Now, definitely yeah. abuse. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, in, in, in feudal Japan. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right. there, there is a, there's a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's not really martial arts, but it is a, a sense of art. It's about music. Uh, there's a movie called Whiplash. Have you guys seen it? No. 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 Okay, now, this is very interesting because, in the movie Whiplash, and I'm not going to give you a whole lot of details because I really think you guys should, should rent it and, and watch it based on what we're talking about tonight. But mm-hmm. there's this kid who wants to excel at being uh, a concert drummer, you know, with the jazz band. And, you know, and, and so he applies for this very elite uh, program where this, the, the, the teacher, the instructor, the director, of this band, mm-hmm. you know, was a, an award-winning, award-winning director. His band was wiping people out, you know, across the United States. And the tactic mm-hmm. that he used to make sure that, that his, his uh, musicians were perfect, uh, that was extreme, extremely extreme. And mm. if I want to talk about being, you know, a, a, a master musician and I have to go through that kind of abuse, then, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect myself. I'm gonna go somewhere else because that you know the thing the, the the tactics that he used for his musician was just it was it was very out of pocket for you know for what you're trying to do you know if you want to be a good drummer oh. let's let's push him in other ways you know to make to make you the best but some of the tactics right. that he used was very 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 out of place so if you haven't mm-hmm. seen that movie you ought to see it based on what we're talking about today so and you know as a martial artist that's what we're gonna look at. We're going to look at, okay, now, how do we discipline the children, especially if they've got a behavior problem, all right? Mm-hmm. If there's a behavior problem, I, uh, if I have to say no, if I say I'm not doing this because of that, it's going to be because, and this is when I'm going to pull them over at one point. There's certain things that you do right there in, in the dojo. 
because one message is a message for all. So right. if something is disrespectful to the instructor or to another student even, and you say, okay, boom, push-ups, bam, you know, or the horse mm-hmm. tap. So all the students see that. Right. And you explain why. So the students have heard that as well. But then exactly. there's a point where you take that individual into the office and say, Let, let's, let's wrap. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. explain to him about leadership inside and out of the dojo and how you want people to really, to really look at you, how you want people to really like you or respect you. You know, you explain other things to them. And that's worked for me most of the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It has. But you, you do explain, because I heard you mention that earlier, as long as they know what they're being disciplined for. It, it's very important. Right. Yeah, it is important, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I remember, like, the, the this reminds me of a situation that happened just a couple days ago, as a matter of fact. uh um, one of my little, little kids, like tiny tigers, um, after <laughs> class, I was uh, uh, taking the, dr- the drop-in payments from the, uh, from the parents and stuff like that, and I happened to look over, and one of the tiny tigers was actually on top of the first shelf where we keep all of our Hello. focus mitts. And our, yeah, and luckily, all of our shelves, there's like uh, eight shelves from the floor all the way up, you know. And luckily, these things are uh, bolted and double bolted right. and earthquake proof, exactly. right? Yeah. To <laughs> to um to metal studs, right? So that way, nothing right. falls over and stuff like that. But he was on. I don't know how he got up there. He just I get. Oh, I I think I know why. There he's, was a, he's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid, and there there was yeah. some stuff in the general area where he could have used it like stairs, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's crawling around up there because, you know, some other kid's playing tag with him. And I happened to look over. I dropped everything, right? Um, and I ran over there and I went, Johnny, you know the rules. You're not supposed to be up there. Get off of there right now. And he, like, you know, comes off of there. He jumps off, right? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, if this thing was not bolted down. Yeah, right, right. Right? You know, you know, all 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 the shelves would have come, you know, on top of him, and and all the other stuff, and he would have gotten hurt, and you know that kind of thing. And I'm and like, there could have been another kid under it, and yeah, exactly, exactly, right. and there could have been another kid under it and gotten crushed with mm-hmm. fifty pounds, and and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, and you know, I was beside myself. I'm like, get off of there right now, and you know, and I pulled him off, and I took him over to his to his uh, mom. I'm like. You know the rules. After class, you are not allowed back on the floor. You have to stay right. in the red area of the floor. Yeah. And you know, the red area is pretty big, and it's where the bags mm-hmm. are, and they can play on the bags and stuff, but they can't go on the main floor. That's the rule. Right. Or they get push-ups. Well, I gave him and the other kid that was playing tag with him, and both of them cried then you know thinking i was being really mean and this and that you know um and i said well do you understand why we're doing push-ups and of course they said no (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like let me remind you guys of the yeah exactly let me remind (laughs) you of the rules you're not allowed on the main floor you can stay here on the red floor you can play on the bags. You can kick the bags. You can do whatever you want with the bags. But you can't come out on the red, uh, on the black floor. And there's a reason why. It's all about safety. And right. you knew that rule, right? You've seen everyone else get push-ups for the same thing, right? And um, 
And to me, that's discipline. Yeah, right? Okay, you get that. You you get those push-ups, and and that's what you get because you broke the rule. You made that choice. Um, and but on the other hand, you know, I've heard of, and I'm not going to mention school names or you know who I heard this from or whatever. I've heard mm-hmm. of schools where you know that kid would get uh, would get smacked and push-ups and and embarrassed in front of the whole crowd and, and you know and even told you got to get up in front of the class and tell them how stupid you were you know oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and i'm like yeah. what you know i mean i can understand if you get a kid to come up to come up and explain okay this is what i did and i learned that blah 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 right, right? but you know, but to be publicly shamed like that, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's carrying it a little bit too far. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. That have any stories that they want to share, um, feel free to give us a call here, 347-677-0699. All right, now let's uh, get into um, kind of a different area of um, this um, you know, abuse. So, so far we've been talking about like physical consequences and, you know, getting smacked and stuff like that. But, you know, a little bit of uh, the mental and emotional abuse. Now, this is a little bit less common, although I have heard stories from um, a few people that want to remain anonymous about teachers that are heavy with the emotional mind games and the, you know, the mental trip ups and the games and stuff like that. And I, you know, and I, I remember standing there going, are you serious? These people will make you actually think that you deserved the, the unkind words that were said to you. I, I don't know what to I didn't know what to say really you know when I was told this I was like god what do you, what do you say to that you know other than boy I'd like to meet that instructor <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean now have you guys ever heard of any instructors that will willfully verbally abuse students uh play mind games with them and make them think that you deserve that. And if you stuff and say something like, "Well, Sensei, I felt that was really unkind what you said," right? Well, you deserved it, and you brought it upon yourself. You attracted that. That's exactly what happened. I mean, it yeah, yeah, that's 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 ugly. I I remember, I remember as a student myself uh, in the seventies. I remember, uh, and I won't, (laughs) I won't call the names, but I remember a couple of instructors that would actually use the word "dense," referring to the students. Use the word what? Dense. You know. Dense. Oh my God. Yes. Now here's the thing: Uh, a lot of the kids didn't really understand what that meant. You know, but just by the instructor's expression and, you know, uh, his emotional state when he would use the term, 
it, you know, we kind of knew that he was talking about, why are we so dumb or stupid or whatever, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. I, I do remember hearing language like that. And another thing that I never, never, never really agreed with, but it was their way, and I'm talking back in the 70s, it was their way mm-hmm. of, of making a street strong was to use profanity uh, to uh, to the kids. I never agreed with that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, now, a, a mm-hmm. lot of the uh, a lot of the adult classes, boom, bam, bang, you know, it is what it is. You know, but uh, but to the children, I never agreed with uh, with them using profanity to, to to get them street ready. I didn't I didn't like that. You know, uh, oh wow, just call them dense and dumb and stupid. No, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Wow. Uh, to, yeah. Oh my so, gosh, that that is crazy. I mean, I remember. Okay, I remember. In, when I was in the Guardian Angels, we actually had verbal abuse training. And the training okay. was specifically to desensitize you right. uh, from emotional attachment to words being said to you. Exactly. Right? I understand that. Um, yeah, and I understood it too, and I knew completely well that, the, the, that it was part of the training and that you had to learn to desensitize yourself from verbal yeah. abuse because, you know, I know in uh, a lot of other cities where the guardian angels were at, you not only got verbal abuse from the public, exactly. you also got it from the local police forces sometimes, right? right. We were called right. vigilantes. We were called, um, yeah. you know, glorified rent-a-cops. You guys suck. You guys aren't going to do any good here. You guys, blah, 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 blah. You guys are. You know, we got everything when I was in the Guardian Angels, and we had to stand there and take it and get really personal with you just to get a rise out of you. And, uh, man, they would get personal. I'm thinking, how did they know that about me? How did they know that about my family? How did the hell are you doing? (laughs) Oh, you know, they get very nasty, too. Yeah, they got nasty, and I, it got, that we'd have to go through this training. It got to the point where I literally had to laugh at it because it started sounding ridiculous. Of course. Right? So, so yeah, so I started laughing at it, and that's how I distanced myself from it, and it was just ridiculous. However, that was the training, right? You know, like we were talking about, if you know you're getting into it and you still come to that training, well, you put yourself into it. And and you're well aware of that and you're prepared for it. And you know that there's going to be the chance that you're going to get emotionally attached to any one of these nasty comments. However, you know, if you're a martial arts instructor and the kids the kids don't go into a martial arts school automatically knowing that they're going to get verbally abused and called dense right, and dumb right, and stupid, right. you know, right. and, and it's like at that point, well, like, would I peg it as abuse? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, you know. And, you know, even in the 70s, that was, uh, I think that was that was inappropriate in, in the 70s, you know. Yeah. Yeah, with oh, the yeah, because that really messes with your mind, you know. Because in, in the neighborhood, the neighborhood I grew up in, um, that was uh, that verbal abuse, yeah, things of that nature was, you know, the very thing put a, a neg- put them in a negative disposition in the first place, and turned them into gangsters and bullies, you know. 
So, no, that's, just, that's, just, that's exactly what we don't want in a dojo. Right, exactly. Bob, right. What's, uh, what's your take on that? Have you ever heard or um, heard of any places where the mind games were, like, a big thing? Um, very similar. There's a company down here called Model Mugging where they will teach women self-defense. Now, mm-hmm. they run through a desensitizing like you did in The Guardian Angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. They they explain to these women how you will be called names. You will be cussed at. Remember, these are only words. Right. I mean, in their training, in their their uh, uh, graduation, per se, because I was invited to one. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. they were calling women the C word. and Oh, my goodness. And was, oh, yeah. It was. But I understood the premise behind it. Right. It was because you know that word, that particular word, freaks women right. out to such a point it may cause them to freeze. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You know, I mean, so they were trying, they were making the attempt to desensitize them to those types of words so they didn't freeze on the streets. So I understood what they were doing at the time. But right. other mind games, I mean, not really. I've got a thing with, with my. Married friends, where where I walk up and say, "How's your wife and my kids?" <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that for a while. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> you know. But other than that, not really. I've never seen them play mind games. I know you were involved. Uh, or I know a couple of people that were involved with instructors that like to do things like that, mm-hmm. yeah. play mind games. I've heard of, of uh, instructors playing mind games so the students will, will sleep with them. Hello. Oh, see, hello. Yeah, I was going to get into that because that's kind of a mind game right there. Or um, what I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the abuse of authority. Okay, so, right, right, right. right, the abuse of authority to, to play these mind games so that way, yeah, so that way you sleep with them. And, you know, I mean, okay, kind of off subject, but me, personally, I don't think that martial art instructors of any style, any type, of any kind should even think about dating or sleeping students. That's just me. That's just me. Now, is that is that going to stop the students from having a crush on their teachers? No, it's not. But I think that martial arts instructors should be mature enough to to kind of like you know rebuff any types of hints that hey you know I've got a crush on you, uh, you know let them down easy <laughs> type of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to to not go oh well I'll give this student what they want. You know what I mean? It's like, right. oh my goodness! Um, at that point, Bob, what you were talking about, it, yeah, I think it's an abuse of authority. Of course, yeah, that's time. very true. You know, I don't yeah. care if it's a cop doing it. I don't care if it's a public school teacher doing it. I don't care if it's a martial arts teacher doing it. If you've got, if you've got a position of authority, if you've got a position where people look up to you, and mm-hmm. uh, and basically take what you have to say. Um, as important knowledge, and they and they value it. Oh my God! Don't right, abuse right. that authority. And exactly. the 
And then the mind games, you know, I've, I've heard of places where, you know, instructors will play the mind games amongst certain groups or certain cliques within the the dojo. So that way nobody tells anybody else what's going on. When a teacher plays to your ego, that's, you know, that's a that's actually a talent actually. It's a talent that uh, that, you know, I think most psychologists would use to to modify modify behaviors for the mm-hmm. good. Then you've got the people right. that modify behaviors for the bad. That is where that that's where that talent can be used for for not so good things, and that would piss me off. It pisses right. me off when I hear of anyone in authority that takes that that talent of quote unquote behavior modification, and and at that point it turns into manipulation, not modification. Exactly. It turns into that's manipulation, right. and it it it. It, it it boggles my mind. It completely blows my mind out of the water to think that martial artists will will do that, you know, yeah. for whatever gain, for their personal gain, for their personal pleasure, for whatever, you know, whether right. it's for money or or dates. You or know, whatever. and, so, and some of us, it's it's almost a a conquest. There was a oh, a, yeah. a, a a teacher that. I forget where they were located, would actually try, and I'm, I'm going to try to word this as delicately as possible, that would he would try to sleep with his non-straight female students oh. as a conquest. Right, oh, oh, okay, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Right, 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 right. Okay. I had to think about that. I'm like, what did he just say? It's <laughs> I was you know, like, I was trying like not to my friend's cousin's brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay, so this this instructor was trying to convert. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. Conquer. You just want to conquer. conquer, yeah. Was trying <laughs> yeah, to exactly. conquer like for example, I, I, I'm not gonna like mince any words. So here's this guy that's trying to make a lesbian sleep with him. Yeah, just be correct. Okay. That, yeah. Oh yeah. man, see, and oh, <laughs> that would that would piss me off. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it, it, and and you know, and I've you know, I've 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 got like a lot of gay friends, and it's like, you know, they they'll tell me stuff like. Well, you just haven't had the right man yet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. okay, I don't care if it's 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 a martial art teacher. I don't care if it's a regular teacher. I don't care if it's like a like a youth rap or like um um an adult group uh facilitator or whatever. I don't care what position of power you're in. Why would you do that? You know, the conquest thing, the 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 feeling of you know, uh, I did it. <laughs> you yeah, know what exactly. I, mean? I, I did it. I That's came exactly and I, right. I, I, I conquered. Right. And you know I, what? I conquered. You know what happens? What happens to? What happens to many many instructors, many teachers, is. Um, there is this proverbial taste of power 
when you mm-hmm. when you deliver a message to students and they understand there's a degree of respect that we give to these teachers, that we give to these, these instructors uh, or even right. preachers, you know what I mean? When, when there's a degree of respect that we give to them, then what eventually happens to a lot of us who really don't understand uh, teachers and instructors' positions, we don't really understand mm-hmm. it uh, to, to the greatest, is that a God complex happens. And oh, yeah, then, yeah. Oh, man. Before they realize what they've done, they are trying to manipulate every aspect of their students and, and their, their, their members' lives, you know. Uh, I've heard some horrible stories, you know, where uh, some students were, uh, and some parents and students were like, well, I think he lost his mind, you know, with some of the things he was asking us to do, <laughs> you know. Right. And, just, and they just kind of hit a God complex. Well, because I am who I am, then this is why you have to do what you need to do if you want to please yeah. me, if you want to satisfy. Oh, man, yeah, that happens. That happens. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like I, you know, part of me sometimes wants to deny that it happens because I can't fathom, sometimes I can't fathom mm-hmm. that martial arts yeah. instructors can be so, so vain, number one. It happens. It happens. And, yeah, and it does, and and. I get online sometimes and I see these stories of people and you can even see it on Yelp, on Yelp for goodness sakes, you know, uh, reviews on martial arts schools and stuff where people will talk about the, the, they quit because the teacher had a a God complex or or worded a little bit differently, but pretty much had a God Mm -hmm. complex and um, basically conducted every aspect of the student's life. Even exactly. down, to right. gonna, even down to who you're gonna sleep with. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if it's not the, if it's not the teacher, it's gonna be who they think would be worthy <laughs> right. for you. You know, it's gonna right. be, it, you know, um, or you know, you gotta drive this car, you gotta say this, this, and this, and this about our school, and you gotta conduct yourself this way and that way, and stuff like that. And when it gets to that point. I kind of want to write on these Yelp reviews, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. You're exactly <laughs> You know right. what I mean? Don't drink exa- the Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly right. I hate to put it that way, but, you know, some some people, you know, some people can have that effect um, right. on on their followers and you know i i don't want to make light of what happened in jonestown all those years ago that was a tragedy mm-hmm. but yeah yeah but you know you have someone that's so respected loved and and you know by the followers that they'll jump through hoops to do whatever they want right. and at that point in time if it's not the person that develops a god complex it's the followers that give it to them yes Yes, and yes, yes. either way, it's and, bad. You know? And there's where, you know, either where way, it's bad. Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's that was what I was going to go into. What about the, the instructors not punishing their students, but what about the instructors that have God complex? And then has the students washing his car, picking up his cleaning, cleaning uh-huh. his house, Check that out. Check that out. things like that. Right, right. And, and that is, does one thing, that's their responsibility. Exactly. And that is where that, that's where teachers and instructors re- really have to be uh, prepared for what could possibly happen 
in the years they spend as, as martial arts instructors and teachers. They have to be prepared and stay human. You know, uh, am I going to be a good teacher and stay human? Because, and I'm so glad that I've been able to do that because I've met some of these other people we're talking about. You feel me? I've met them. Yes, yes. You know, so I am glad that I have, uh, you know, this mental position to stay human. <laughs> you know, we work hard in the dojo. We work extremely hard. Um, I have several students that are just top quality. We work hard. However, I can still talk with them and kind of laugh and listen to their kids' stories, and I can find interest in listening to their stories like they were my kids. You know, so I'm humanized. I can still I can still talk to their parents as a, okay, we're the adults. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. I am not so above, you know, speaking to the parents as, as adults would talk to adults. Uh, I'm not best friends with anybody, but they still know I'm a man, you know. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my children, students, they still know that uh, I'm a man and not somebody so high, you know, that I can demand all these ridiculous things and they're supposed to do it to, to please me. I make them understand why they are doing this thing to be uh, the best martial artist they can possibly be. We want mm-hmm. to be able to survive. We want to survive. We first exactly. survive. And, and everything, everything under survival has just some of the other perks of martial arts. If you want to go to competition, that's a perk. But, hey, can you survive on the street? That's our goal, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm still, I'm still a man. We have parties. We go skating. We go to the movies. You understand? Mm-hmm. So we right. still have fun. Everything is just, you know, we're, we're human. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 I'm I'm sorry I the, my Skype booted me for about like a minute so I I kind of came right back into the conversation and I I think I missed a little bit of something but um, from what I did hear after after I got back on 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 Skype um, yeah I mean it's you know when it comes to you know martial artists and and stuff like that um, number one like like I said I can't believe that that you know. Some martial arts instructors will have a god complex, and oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I know, and right? think that yeah, and think that the students have to please me. That you have to, you have to, mm-hmm. uh, you you have to do this, this or that, so you don't get serve them. This, this or serve that. them. Yeah, you have to serve them. You have to, <laughs> yeah, you you have to like make sure that the, the gods are happy, right? If you do this, <laughs> you won't get push-ups. And at that point in time, it you know, and and getting back to the discipline versus abuse thing, you know, you know, is it discipline if you have to do something um, because you're afraid of the consequence? Um, You know what I mean? As opposed to knowing and accepting that there is a consequence. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a difference. I mean, for for. Any martial art instructor that that gets a little bit too much ego and and gets a god complex, it's it's you know I I guess what I don't understand is why types of instructors don't understand how it's hurting the school and the students. I I I don't get it. I mean, right. you know, if you have a god complex, does it like take yeah. away your your uh, common sense too? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it does. You know, I think it does. And that's why I say you have to be prepared for that position, you know, because right. uh, we mentioned, uh, it was mentioned the uh, the other week, I think, on, on one of your programs, uh, you've got you've got good black belt students, you've got good black belt teachers, and every black belt student 
is really not cut out to be a, a teacher. You know, right? Uh, yeah, teachers. You know, we're we're a different breed. If you're not really cut out to be a teacher, things like that can easily happen because, right. you, these, uh, like Bob mentioned, the students will put you on a pedestal, and if you don't know how to handle that pedestal, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Exactly. So you really have to have your draws on right. And if, if that's what you, if that's what you're telling yourself, you want to be an instructor, then you have to be prepared for what can possibly happen. And when the students have that much respect for you, because I've had a couple of students to try to put me on a pedestal that I'm not supposed to be on. You know what I mean? Right. And I, mm-hmm. I straighten them out. I straighten them out. You know, don't put me there because that's not where I am. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think we all do as teachers, you know, that recognize when that happens. Because, you know, students will. The students will admire you. Students will want to be you. Students will sometimes want to sleep with you. They will put you on this pedestal. And it's up to us as martial arts instructors to recognize that and kind of set them straight, like you said. Set them straight and go, you know what? That's not happening. <laughs> that's, that's right. Not gonna, that's not going to happen. And you know, I was uh, I was talking to uh, uh, one of my friends the other day about uh, there. There's a certain student at the school, new at my gym, um, and uh, he doesn't speak English okay. very well. And uh, in fact, he speaks a lot of Spanish. And he asked me out to dinner. He stayed after. Um, okay. And uh, and I thought I was alone in the studio. I was changing in the back and sending texts on my phone and stuff. And then I heard walking, and I thought I thought everybody okay. was gone. So I called out, "Who's out there? What the hell? We're supposed to be gone." And I come out there, <laughs> there he is. And uh, he right, he, he, know right? He writes on his phone, "I would like you to go out to dinner with me." Well, he said it in Spanish, and I and of I course. caught some of it. And then he showed me the Google Translate, and I went. Huh. And I actually I actually had to fib. I said, I have to go pick up my mom. I went, really wasn't fibbing. I had to pick her up two hours later. Yeah, not now. Yeah, okay. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I gotta pick up my mom. And he goes, Oh, okay. And uh and he goes, Well maybe next time. All right. Well anyway, um a few days go by and he comes to class every day and he keeps staying after and it got to the point where I'm like Okay, you know, I told all the other students we're all leaving as a group. <laughs> no one's no one's leaving me here by myself. And it's not because I don't it, and it's not because I don't uh, that I don't feel comfortable around the guy. I mean, if he tried something, of course I can set him straight, right? Of course, um, of course. But but rather because uh, you know, I just wasn't I just couldn't figure out how am I going to tell this guy this ain't allowed because I can't speak the language. Okay, right. right? right, right. Um, I, I think I got it across to him. Which, you know, I wrote, I wrote something that said, you know, no, that's not allowed. Um, but anyway, okay. uh, so far so good. He hasn't asked anymore. But you know, that's kind of the pedestals where people put you on. They put you on that pedestal. Mm-hmm. They put you on the my teacher's better than your teacher pedestal. And it's just, it's just sad when that happens. And you know, us as teachers and I, and gotta check ourselves. Teacher. And I'm dating the teacher. Wow. Okay, because that wow. puts them at a different level. Yeah, I'm dating exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's them at a different level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's how you like that. Exactly. 
Well, you know what? We well, are out of time. We are at we our are. last 30 seconds, and you that's know, the funny, end of Rusty, our conversation. I told What's my that? wife that we'd be ending early tonight. Well, you know, I thought so, too, and the conversation just... Just came on. Don't forget, Patrick, two weeks, we're having all of our inductees on as a group. That's right. That's right. I'm I'm, I'm game. I'll be there. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Professor, and we will see you really soon at the Masters Hall of Fame. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bob. See everybody next week. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye now.